This is a shear on the Kotisichais Chelek Chof Aleph, Book Twenty One. The Sicha Vayakel Pekudei, the um, double parsha of Vayakel and Pekudei. The first Sicha. Vigeretchen Filmal, as we've said many times, when it comes to the names of the sedras, so the content of every sedra is pointed out, is expressed in the name. That's the way it also is in our parsha that the name Vayakel, which means and Moshe Vayakel Moshe Moshe gathered all the Bnei Israel. So the word Vayakel, the parsha is called by that one word. That one word expresses the point and the content of the first sedra we read this week, and then we have the second parsha, which is called by the name Pekude. Pekude means the countings. Ele Pekude Amishkan. This is what the detailed counting of the items that were brought for the Mishkan and. Pekude, um, the counting, the, that name of the parsha Pekude also, likewise, gives out, expresses the content of the second sedra reading today. It would seem that the content of both of these sedras are not really consistent with the names, and on the contrary, not just don't they really fit their respective names, but they actually seem to have some opposite content than what their name would indicate, as we are going to spell out. Instead of it spells out the Pirush, the explanation of Vayakel Kipshuter, what does it mean? And he gathered, it means gathering a Kama Vekama Yechidim, gathering a number of individual items, or bringing a number of details together to create one gathered thing, one assembled thing. And the difference between the expression vayakel, in Hebrew there's various terms to be able to say gathering together. For example, we have the word asifa, everybody knows in Hebrew asifa, they're a meeting, a kibbutz, you know, kibbutz is a group of people or a group of things together. Likita is to gather up. And similarly, but those are all different words than the word vayakel. The word vayakel has a stronger connotation which is it's not just about bringing together things or people in one place. Because you can bring people and things together in one place and each one still maintains its independent identity. That's what all those other words of gathering indicate. You gather together details, but they're still details. The word vayakel is from the expression of kahol, which means like a community. And that means that those details have become a conglomerate, have become a, a, a community. They're no longer details. It's not like a bunch of different things that are um, haphazardly, so to speak, put together, but they're actually an entity of a communal togetherness. That's the word vayakel. It's a stronger word. The word pikude which means counting. This really indicates, when you talk about counting things, that indicates the independence and the uniqueness of everything. Because you can only count things that are separate. If uh, you have one bunch of things, the bunch is a bunch, it's a one bunch. But when you start counting, then you see that that one bunch of things may have many different components, and you count each component independently and separately. So one is the totality, and one is the details. So according to this, is not understood. 
the content of both sedras are exactly opposite to their respective names. Each of the two sedras are talking about a general concept that is making the mishkan and the vessels. However, there's a fundamental difference between the way that it's spoken about in each of the parshas. Parshas Vayakel speaks about making all of the details, all of the items in the Mishkan. For example, the hangings, the yiriyos, the things that needed to be spread over the uh, over the over the roof, and the kroshim, the beams. Each of them was described as being made independently, and only then were they assembled to become a Mishkan. The candelabra, the menorah, the shulchan, the table, and so on. In the portion of that's that's the content of what's talked about in Vayakal, all of the individual items in the Mishkan as they are being constructed. The addition of Parshas Pekudeh speaks about, speaks about after the introduction, the first part of Parshas Pekudeh, which speaks about the Sachakel, the sum total of all the gathered commodities, gold, silver, copper, ingredients for the Mishkan. And then there is a kind of a parenthetical part of the Parsha which continues and completes what was spoken about in the Parsha of Ayakel, the making of the ingredients of the components of the Mishkan, and making the Kohen clothes, and so on. But then the Parsha gets to really what's the Chiddush of the Parsha, what's the, the addition of this Parsha, what is this Parsha special, because in this Parsha it speaks about how everything was brought to Moshe, when everything was compiled and compiled, everything was finished to be constructed, it was brought to Moshe. And Hashem instructs Moshe to erect and to bring together all of the various ingredients and components of the Mishkan with all their utensils, together with all of the individualized items of Aveda, services, which need to take place. And it says that Moshe actualized and brought together everything he erected, and he, the Mishkan is one, is one uh, entity, he did all of the services that needed to be done until the climax is in this parasha, the glory of Hashem fills the Mishkan. So it's Pekudei, but it's talking about the sum total of everything coming together and Hashem coming into the Mishkan. So if so, we have a seeming issue with the content of these sedras in opposition to what their names seem to say. In Parshas Vayakel, which is regarding the Mishkan, speaking about the details of the Mishkan, each of the details of the Mishkan as an individualized aspect for itself. That doesn't seem to be consistent with the name Vayaka, which means gathering together one, one unit. We're talking about the different components of the Mishkan. In Parshas Pekudei, we're talking about everything being brought together and then Hashem filling the Mishkan. That doesn't seem to be consistent with the name of Pekudei, which seems to be an emphasis on each individual item. Here we're talking about everything coming together as a one erected Mishkan. So how do we reconcile this? Base. Simply speaking, we would be able to answer the explanation. What does it mean, Vayakel? In Pshutesh Mikra? We're talking about Vayakel bringing together all the Jews. <coughs> so according to this, we could explain the connection of Vayakel, which is bringing together, gathering all the Jews to speak to them. How is it related to the instruction or to the description of how they made the Mishkan, which follows in the Parsha? So we can explain it as follows. The concept of Ayakla, bringing together the Jewish people, the fact that all the Eden became one kahal, one community, that is really the introduction and the prerequisite for making the Mishkan. In order that the Mishkan should be a resting place, a Mishkan, a place where Hashem's, a Mishkan that belongs to the, 
entire Jewish community. It should be a central place where Hashem rests on behalf of the community. But also the Mikdash, the Bisechal, will make a, make for me a Mikdash system, and I will dwell in them, not in it and the Mishkan, but in Kolech of Echad and all of the Jewish people, in order to make it a place that is representative and a place of Shechina for all the Yidin, you needed to have, first of all, <coughs> the um, bringing together of all the individual donations. It, the individual donations had to lose their independent private status and had to become not mom and yochid, going from individual contribution or a contribution that belongs to many individuals to becoming one communal fund. In other words, it's not, it's not a partnership, because even a partnership is individuals that become partners. Here it has to actually become what's called mamayin tzibur, the money of the community. So in order to achieve that status, that everything should become like one, communal um, materials, a communal mishkan, which should then be able to be the um, um, place of, of, of resting of shechina for everybody, you needed first to bring together all the Jewish people and make from individuals one kohol, one communion. Vayakel, that's what Misha does. So if so, we've in a way explained that the, the name of the Parsha is Vayakel, and really that's the content of the Parsha. Even though we talk about the details of the Mishkan, but those details needed to lose their independence of belonging to individuals, it had to become one communal thing. Okay, but that wouldn't explain why in Pekude, which speaks with the name, speaks about details, and yet the Parsha speak, seems to be, speak about the one, the oneness of the Mishkan after it's assembled. And even when we want to use this answer to explain why Vayakal is called Vayakal, it's not enough of an answer, because since all of the concepts of the Torah are exact, so we understand that just like the name of a thing has to express the content of the thing, similarly when we talk about the names of the Seders, the name of Vayakal what we're saying now, the answer we, we propose, said the Rebbe, is that Vayakal is the introduction, the gathering of the Jewish people to be able to create a, a, a oneness or a, a communalness in the items that were made. That's really the prerequisite to what the Parsha describes. The Parsha is talking about individual things. So it's not really enough of an answer. Let's look for a better answer, says the Rebbe. We're going to go deeper. Gimel, so the Rebbe says, we'll understand this by first understanding that there's a, a puzzling statement in the Rama where he speaks about the mitzvah of making the Beis HaMikdash. In the Sefer HaMitzvah, he writes as follows, We have a mitzvah where Hashem commanded us to make a place that Hashem chose. To serve Hashem in it. And there should be the sacrifice and always the fire that's there for sacrifices. Etc. This is what Hashem says in the Torah. They shall make for me a mikdash. And then the Rambam continues in his Sefer Mitzvah. This instruction, general instruction, make for me a sanctuary a mikdash includes many, many details, many components, which are the menorah and the shulchan, the menorah and the table and the mizbeach, the altar, the zulasam, mikdash, and all the other things, and they're all part of the details of the mikdash. mikdash. And everything is called a mikdash. Now that seems to be atkan is what is the Rambam explained the concept. All these components are part of the mikdash. Then the Rambam adds a line here which is puzzling. The Rambam continues, and the Torah has already given us the individual instruction at each component. So the 
Make for me a mikdash includes all the components, but really each component has already been instructed about individually. So we have to understand, after the Rambam says that all of these uh, vessels are components of the mikdash, and all of them comprise what is called a mikdash, and therefore they're all called mikdash, because they're all parts of the mikdash. In other words, they're, they're, they're details of the generality, which is a mikdash. So why does the Rambam then go and say, and we've already been instructed about each of the components in the Torah individually? That seems to be the exact opposite of what he's saying. Till now he said all of these are components of one mikdash, and now he says, but there's actually an independent, individualized instruction for each one. It seems to give prominence and importance to each, each detail. And in general, what is the Rambam achieving? What's the nafkamina? What's the difference with the, the fact that the Rambam adds this, uh, this concept? Why would he add it? What does it add? There needs to be, you know, the Torah is so detailed, there's, you don't just add something if there's, if there's no difference, if, there, if there's no nafkamina, there's a practical difference, as the Rebbe is going to answer. There is a practical difference in the Rambam, uh, which the Rambam, which comes out of what the Rambam is teaching us by adding this seeming to be puzzling line. Dalit, we can say that the explanation is like this. Says when we talk about the connection of the vessels of the Mishkan with the Mishkan, we can learn this in several ways. In a way, every klal, which is comprised, every um, generality, which is comprised of details, can also be looked at in three different ways. Whenever we have something that's made up of details and comes together as a, a new entity comprised of details, we can look at it in three ways. What's the relationship between the klal, the generality, and the details? Aleph. One way of looking at it is that each of the details is not its own identity. Its entire identity it's, is only that it's part of the reality that becomes once they're all joined together. In other words, the, in the, the, the existence of the individuals is only an introduction to become subsumed, so to speak, to become part of the general thing that's going to be created. The Lego pieces, each Lego piece is not important in and of itself when the entire Lego project is put together that's really the only value that the Legos have. They're part of this one Lego production. Square brackets here. Then it says an example of this, similar, not exact, is when we talk about the concept of a half shear, according to the Shlokish. Shlokish says, let's say, for example, there's an obligation, there's a prohibition to eat fats, forbidden fats. How much is the prohibition? There's the, 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 the amount that's considered eating is like an olive. So according if you only had, if a person only violated with half that amount, consuming half that amount, it's not forbidden from the Torah. However, this is not the halacha. However, according to the, if you take Rishlokish's approach, that half a shear is mutim and is permissible from the Torah. What happens when you take two half amounts? Well, each one is not prohibited. What happens when they join? There becomes a new reality of a one Sheer one size that is liable for punishment. In other words, each thing in of itself is doesn't have that liability. The connection of them now they've both become part of that one liable size. End of uh, square brackets.
base. Never said so. One way we can look at details is the details really aren't important. They're just they're just parts of the of the klal, of the generality. The other way we can look at it, base, is that each of the individualized portions is also an identity, has an identity in and of its own. However, through the joining of them together, they create also something new. Which before, as each individual part was for itself, it wasn't there. The Rebbe says, for example, a good example of this is the joining of ten people to make a minion. Before the minion was formed, each individual Jew is its own entity, has a kedusha. What is a minion? The ability to have kedusha that the Shechina rests. Everybody had an element of kedusha before they joined together as ten. But when ten get together, now there becomes a new concept, a minion. A higher level of kedusha now comes upon them. And then you can say an item of kedusha, kaddish, and so on. So each individual is its own identity. When they come together, they become a new identity, something higher, something better. The third way of looking at it is that the details are indeed not an entity of importance in and of themselves. However, once they come together to form this new entity that's been created, now each of the itemized, each of the details now receives a prominence within the context of the new reality that they've formed. For example, for that, says the Rebbe, we could say, for example, in the Mishkan and Beis Amidosh itself, we had the courtyard, and we had the actual tent, the sanctuary, and we had the Holy of Holies. Each of those items, each of those areas in the Mishkan, in and of itself, even before it became a sum total, a, a complete Mishkan, with the holiness of the Mishkan, they're actually not yet a Mishkan. Just have the courtyard, or just have the the sanctuary, or the Kurdish Hakadoshim. They're individual items, but they're not. The Mishkan is not there, and therefore, the kedusha of the Mishkan is not yet there, even in the courtyard. Once you have the Mishkan erected together, now the Mikdash, the the, the Mikdash, possibly Mikdash, it becomes a Mikdash because you've put all the components there. Now each of those parts of the Mishkan has a kedusha commensurate with the Kedusha that comes to that part, the Chatzar, the actual sanctuary. And it's possible, said the Rebbe, that once it's been assembled the first time and the Kedusha has come upon the Mishkan as one entity, but now each individual item within the Mishkan has a Kedusha, that once you disassembled it, it doesn't lose that Kedusha that it receives from being part of the Mishkan. In other words, the the coming together as part of the assembled Mishkan now, uh, um, uh, so to speak, creates a new reality, bestows a new importance, a new Kedusha on the individual items of the Mishkan as well, the Chatzar and so on. I, um, or, it could be that once the Mishkan is um destroyed so it could be that the the the, the that the um, it doesn't have anymore the kedusha that it had from all the pieces together and the kedusha that we talk about is only midrabanam there's a lot of footnotes here you, you see in your sikha there's this whole page is very short because there's a very large amount of footnotes hey so about the same this same discussion we can say regarding the utensils of the mishkan the kalim aleph 
The first way that we looked at the details via V the Klal, the generality is, in the beginning, they don't have any identity. They don't have any importance of Kedusha. But once you finish making all the Kalim, all the vessels, or you've finished erecting the Mishkan, and you brought all the vessels to their place for the first time, so now you have a you have a Mishkan, which is called a Mikdash. They, however, they're part of that, they're components of that, they don't have an individualized importance. They're just like all the, just like we, we speak about the Mishkan itself, having planks and coverings, you understand that those are just components that comprise the actual shell and, and structure of the Mishkan. The utensils are also, they're just part and parcel components of the Mishkan. They don't have their own identity as individualized items. In other words, in another, in a, another style of explaining it, says the Rebbe, the concept of a Mishkan is that there's hangings on the roof, there's beams that comprise the walls, there's the sockets that hold them down, there's the table, there's the menorah, there's the altars. They're all just ingredients and components of the Mishkan. They don't have an identity and importance in and of themselves. Just like the, the, the components of the actual edifice, the planks, the... the, the um, the um, roof, which was um, um, skins and so on, uh, uh, woven things and then skins, it's, um, they're just all components of the Mishkan. Ah, if so, if so, says the Rebbe, so why when you dismantle the Mishkan, does it say that all the items have to be covered? The Menayr and the Shulchan, nobody should come to see the holy things and uh, have uh, have too much contact with, with those holy things and God forbid die. You have to be covered over. Why do they have to be covered over? Once you've dismantled it, it's no longer part of that uh, of that entity of the Mishkan. So the says, the Torah gives, we could we would understand it according to this way of uh, this first level of understanding details and 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 and, and um, details the way they're part of the generality. If now the details don't have their own kedusha because now you've disassembled it, so the fact that Torah says you're not allowed to see it and they have to be covered is a new It's a new instruction from the Torah. Yeah. It's not. It's not a result of the fact that they're components of the Mishkan. Because once you took apart the Mishkan, they're they they they're individual items, but they're not together anymore, so they don't have that prominence. So the says you have to cover it. It's a new, it's a new, it's a new mitzvah, not born of the fact that why do you have to cover it because they're component. No, as components, they're no longer together as a klal. They wouldn't be. They wouldn't have that kedushan chashivus. That's the first way of looking at it. Based the second way of looking at it is oh no, each of the utensils has its own individualized importance, even before they become items that comprise the totality of the Mishkan. We have the Menorah in of itself, and the Shulchan, and the altars. By bringing them together, putting them in the Mishkan, they also complement the Mishkan. And then the Mishkan becomes a complete Mishkan, but they're all separate items. Three. In and of itself, in case I haven't made it, made it, made it clear, there's, it's clear, says the Rebbe, that the ingredients that make the actual edifice of the Mishkan, the planks, the coverings, they're definitely just components of the Mishkan. When you take them apart, they don't have 
separate, unique identity. The kroshim, like the, the walls, the planks, are not something that we put a focus on if it's not... They are they comprise the structure of the Mishkan. That's different than the, the Menorah and the Mizbech, where there we have two ways of looking at it. It could either be just like the components of the actual structure, which are just components, or, like we said now, it could be that they have their own unique importance. Or the third option is to say, in and of itself, when you're making them, no, then they're just components. They don't have a unique identity. They're components uh, that are needed to complement, to comprise the entire Mishkan. You need a Mishkan with a Menorah, with its ingredients, with its furniture. Once you put up the Mishkan and you bring the Kalim inside, now the aura that comes upon the Mishkan now bestows upon each individual item, each individual keli, its own specialty, its own uniqueness. Now each item gets its special condition. The Menorah becomes a Menorah. Shulchan becomes a, a Shulchan. In addition to the fact that there are items and components of the general Mishkan. What's the difference? Everything has to have a difference in the Rebbe's way of learning. Everything has to have a nafkamina. What's the nafkamina involved? One of the differences that we could say is, and, and if, 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 one of the differences we could say between these three things is, we know when we make the Mishkan, you have to make lishma. They have to be made for the sake of the sanctity, for the sake of being part of the Mishkan. Right? So, it says, Ein oisim. All the utensils need to be made in the first place for the sake of hektish. So now there's going to be a difference. What is the in what kind of kavana do you have to have when you make the lishma for the sake of the mishkan? You're you're you're, you're now fashioning the kalim, okay, the menorah, for example, the shulchan. In the first way of looking at those details, that those kalim are just part components of the general Mishkan. So when one makes them, what kind of lishma do you have to have? For the sake of being part of the holiness, the sanctity of the Mishkan in general. They're just ingredients within the Mishkan. <coughs> According to the second way of looking at details, we, we, then we have to have a different covenant. <coughs> the way we look at, if we're looking at details as having its own importance, even before they become part of the Mishkan, so the lishma, you have to make them for the sake of making that item, that holy item, for the sake of the holiness of the Menorah, that's the Kavani of that. According to the third way of looking at things, since by making the Kalim and bringing them into the Mishkan, what happens is that not just do they become components of the Mishkan, but when that happens, they also now become independent bastions and, 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 and carriers of Kedusha. So you need to make them with two things in mind. That the lishma, the making it for the sake of Hashem, has to be for the sake of the sanctity of the Mishkan in general, of which they are components, and for the lishma, for the sake of the individual Kedusha that they are going to be bestowed with once the Mishkan is completed. According to this, we could say that the fact, let's go back to that Rambam, that puzzling statement of Rambam. The fact that the Rambam comes back and after he says that all these items comprise the Mishkan, the walls and the things, and then the utensils, then he says, ah, you should know, Hashem has already, the Torah has already given an instruction for each individual portion of these items. What does that tell us? 
even though that there's a, a, a totality of Asli Mikdash, make for me a base of Mikdash, and that includes all the, all the detailed items, because you don't have a Menei, you don't have a Shuch, you don't have a, you don't have a Mishkan. But then the Ramam goes and says, no, but there's also an instruction. Once you've made it, I want to tell you, look back, there's an instruction for each one individually, and each one actually wants so to speak, the aura of the Mishkan comes down. Each one now gets its own individual aura, its own individual kedusha. And therefore, why does Raman point it out? Because we said there is a difference. When we have to know the lishma, you need both items. It's part of the Mishkan, and it's each keli has its individual because they've been they've already been instructed about individually. Beautiful. And this is, as the Rebbe is Zion. This is what's being alluded to when the portion of the Torah is called Vayakel. And yet what's spoken about Vayakel is the, the Klal. And yet what's spoken about is the detailed utensils, details, Kalim of the Mishkan, the components of the Mishkan. This is what it's telling us. Vayakel is hinting to us, is alluding to us that the way of making these individual items needs to be that they're made in a way that they're part of the Vayakel. In other words, even though it says for each individual Kali, and it was made Vayas, so each one was made independently and it's given prominence. But the intention when each individual item is being made is not that it's its own independent item that later is going to be brought together as a mishkan. But it's l'chatchile being made as a component of the mishkan. And only when you bring all those items together, then will each one be bestowed with its own importance. Because before you have the vayakel, the gathering of the mishkan, each of the items that's being made is not yet going to have the chashivos, the independent status of Kedusha that it has, it gets after it's all, Mishkan has been completed, and now each of the items gets its also, besides being just a component, it gets its own Kedusha. So Vayakil tells you that each item that we're talking about, Vayas, it's only born out of the Vayakil by first being part of the collective of the Mishkan. In Pekudet, it's the reverse. There it says that everything was finished. Vateichel kol avedas mishkan elmeid Hashem. When they all finished all this, the the workings of making the the mishkan of the elmeid, and the mishkan was set up with all of its kelim, with all of its components. Then, what do we now have? We have the individual pekude, the numbers. In other words, the counting, the individualized things now gain prominence. Once everything's together. Now we say, oh, each of the individual items, the Menorah, the Shulchan, each of them gets its own holiness and its own prominence. So the Bikude is telling us that the individual chashivos, the individual importance, is taka, based on what is talked about in the end of the parasha, where everything comes together. Now each, now each item has prominence. Beautiful, but there's a teaching for us, an everlasting teacher, says Rebbe in Isches. Every concept in the Torah has an eternal message for us. Especially the Mishkan. The Mishkan is, says, Make for me a Mikdash. For Shachanti Pesachim, I'll dwell in them in each yid. So we understand that the Vayakul Pukude has very important, a lot of importance in our Avedis Hashem. How is it? So we, we say that all yidin are like one community. All yidin together, all Jews together, are Kayimashlemit, like one body. All components of one body. If Chas Vishalim, there's a lacking of one Jew, so the entire body is, is lacking. On the other hand, we say each person is, is like a full world. Each a Jew for himself is like a ilamali, like a, a complete world. To the extent that everybody has to say, Chazal tell us, our sages tell us, every person has to say, the world is created for me. In other words, 
I can't run away and say, oh, every, I'm just part of the community. If 99% of the community, 0.999% of the community does what they got to do, my, my, my contribution is not important. No, no, no. You're a irreplaceable component and part of this body of the Jewish people. Not just that, for the world was created for me means not just the world, but all of the ishtalshlus, all of the holy levels of descent from Hashem with all the supernal worlds, all of the other Jewish people that are created, it's all for me. In other words, I have an importance even against all those unbelievable levels of holiness and, 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 and myriads of, of, of details and other fellow Jews. Even if the, if, if the Jew is looking to himself is a wood chopper, a water carrier, in, in quotation marks, because those are, um, in the Torah, they, they refer to different levels of, st- not just of, of stature, but different levels of status, from the greatest person to the, the smallest person, everybody's indispensable. And so this is what the Parsha tells us, the, 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 the Parsha's tell us. A Jew may think that first of all, he's his own identity, not, God forbid, an egoistic identity, but a, an identity of holiness. As a, as a Yid, he's the servant of the king, and therefore he's like the king. And his purpose is, his identity is to serve his maker. He has an individualized and a specialized service, something, some in the unique thing he has to contribute to the world. Besides that, he's also a member of the collective of the community. So this Parsha tells us that when you're going to make the vessels of the Mishkan which each vessel indeed has an importance and gives a unique contribution to the Mishkan. And each one in the Torah has a separate verse that says, Vayas, and they made it. Because each item has its own unique qualities. Each of the items in the Mishkan was different than the other one. Nonetheless, Torah M is the truthful Torah tells us that there's the Vayakal, they're all they're all really components, parts of one communal entity. In other words, their, their specialty is not their individuality, but the fact that they're part of the collective Mishkan. Similarly, you just know the, the reverse, that the beginning and the starting point of everything is that he has to be, first of all, together with other Yidin. Vayakel. He has to feel that his reality is just that he's a component of the community. And that's why before we even go and start to davening, we say, before we ask for our own individualized needs in davening, and some mitzvahs I say, the biblical mitzvah of davening is to ask for what you need. Before you do that, first we say a statement. We first connect ourselves and incorporate ourselves with all other Jews. We say, accept upon myself to love my fellow as myself. And we bring ourselves as part of the collective of the Jewish people, and then we ask for what we want to ask as individuals. To the extent that when we, that there's a law, don't separate yourself from the community. By the way, even the language we use in davening when we pray is not individual, it's communal. We're asking for ourselves in davening, that's true, but we're using plural language. When we ask Hashem for wisdom, we say, Give us, bestow upon us from you wisdom. Hashivenu, bring us back to you. Bring us, not bring me back to you, Hashem. Our Father, bring us back. Similarly, with all the brachas, where we're asking for our individualized things, but we're saying it in a, in a way that we understand we're part of the collective. 
On the other hand, it could be a person who's thinking of himself as part of the collective, the Kalal. A person could make the, the following um, the following thought that what I'm doing as part of the community doesn't really contribute to my own identity. My wholesomeness, my own um, completion, my own development, self-development is not benefited by what I'm doing as a component of the community. But what should I do? I understand that to be a component of the community is more important than to self-develop. So I put my self-development on the side and I sacrifice, so to speak, to be part of the community. No, no, no. It says that ever this parsha teaches us that on the contrary, when you put up a mishkan for Klal Yisrael, in a way, what happens is, when you become part of that communal reality, a component of the community, now each item in and of itself becomes elevated to have its own status as well. Because when, when everything was brought together to Moshe Rabbeinu, then Hashem told Moshe, um, when you look at the at the at the narration of what took place in the Mishkan, so when each item was made and was brought to Mesha. And then Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed by Hashem on each individual keli how to set it up. And then Moshe Rabbeinu set up and, and, and installed each individual keli. So in other words, each one is being talked about in an individualized way. Which the lesson is, when you're doing for the community, you also as an individual become elevated as an individual. How can that be? Test. <clears throat> the reason for this is, why does it have to be this iskalalus, this incorporation of everybody together? Even when he's doing his individualized things? Why does he have to become part of the community even as an individual? On the other hand, when he's doing, when he feels himself as part of the community, he has to, he also gets prominence on his own. In other words, why are we living with this, why do we need this, this tug of war in a way? Why is it that when I do something individual, First, it has to be preceded by the understanding that I'm, I'm part of the, I'm just, I'm merely a component of the, of the collective. Yet, when I feel myself, oh, I'm only a component of the collective, my individuality is not important. No, 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 we say, no, on the other hand, you have to know that once the collective is there and you're a part of it, you also have importance, prominence as, as an individualized item. Why do we need those two things? Because that's the truth. Valbeetsem, deep down, both these things exist by a Jew. The Vayakel and the Pekude. On the one hand, they're one thing. On the other hand, they're individualized. And that's why most years we actually read these two things that are a tug of war. They shouldn't be one parsha if you think about it. No, most years we actually read them together because it shows that they're really two, two sides of the one reality we have. In other words, when we talk about the externality, the way we talk, when we're at the level of giluyim, of things that are revealed, so a klal and a prat are mutually exclusive. A generality and, uh, and individualized items that comprise that individuality, it's a tug of war. They're, they're, they're 
in conflict with each other. The concepts are in conflict. Either you want to talk about the general, the cloud, or you want to talk about the details. Even if you say that they're not contradictory to each other, but they're two, two, two lines of, 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 of they're, they're two different ways of shleim. It's two different. They're two, they're two different modes, and that's why, when you talk, when you when you, when you emphasize the advantage of the klal, it's going to give you a weakened appreciation for the importance of the individual. And the more importance you put on the individual, that's going to cause you to have less of an important place, less prominence on the importance of the collective. However, when you look deep down at the etzim and the pnimis of where really they're all part of one reality, there's one father that we're all part of, and similarly, and actually, this is the reason why it's that way by the by the Bnei Yisrael. That's the way it is in terms of Hashem's essence. So, in that place of essence, the the myriad of details is not mutually exclusive. It's not a contradiction to the oneness, to the simple oneness of Hashem, as is known. That Dafka, because of the simplicity of Hashem's oneness above, that's where. That's where a multitude of divisible items, multitudes of 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 uh, of um, individualized things, different individualized things come. They can only come from the oneness of Hashem. In other words, there is when you look, you see a ribui and a schalk, you see a, a a large amount and a large amount of different things. But that's not in opposition to the simple oneness of Hashem. On the contrary, the Ribu Yigadol, the great amount of, 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 of components, differing components, express the simplicity of Hashem's presence, Lamaila. I'm sorry I'm not fully able to explain this, uh, this concept in its depth. Kiyodua, um, the Rebbe is sending us in Ha'orah 60 to Teras Chaim, to... Um, the Maimon Tofresh Samach base and other places where this deep concept is explained in Chassidus. But anyway, it because that's the reality, so that's why this expresses itself also by Yidin, that because Yidin, Yisrael and Isaac, Hashem and the Yidin are one. Yisrael and Hashem and Yidin and Hashem are one. So when, by the Yidin, there's also this concept, when we are together as Am Echad, as one people, that's not in opposition or in contradiction to the reality of every Jew being individualized and, and important. The oneness of the community is not in contradiction to the specialty of each individual. On the contrary, because their oneness, their achtus comes because of their essence. The essence of a yid is one thing with the essence of the essence of Hashem, so to speak. So that's why, just like by Hashem, the multitude of created, of, dif- of differences in creation all come, are a sign of the oneness of Hashem, the fact that we comprise, the Bnei Sol is comprised of details and each one has their tzir, each one has their, their the way they look different, individualized um, um, details from the other Yid, really what that means is so that's why the oneness is also expressed in the in, in the individuality of every yid, because the etzem, the essence, 
of the Yid, which is one with all other Yidin, really is to be found also in each detail in his own individuality as well. Again, apologies, I didn't explain this uh, as it uh, as it could be. Yud. So now we'll understand the way this also the klal and the prat the way it expresses itself in the sefer Torah. A sefer Torah is comprised of hundreds of thousands of separate letters. It's three hundred thousand plus letters. All of those components, all of those hundreds of thousands of letters comprise a vayakel, a one Torah. On the other hand, once the Torah becomes a Sefer Torah, now what happens is that each of those letters has its own individual prominence importance. There's a halacha that the letters of the Sefer Torah have to be mukaf gevil. Gevil is parchment. Each of these letters has to be surrounded by white parchment. In other words, if two letters decided to hug each other, to run into each other, it's not kosher. You have to separate the two. Each one has to be individual letter, separate than all the other letters. So since Yisrael, the Bnei Yisrael, and the Torah, and Hashem are all one, so in the Sefer Torah you see in an in a open and clear way how the Klal and the Prat, the general and the individual, are connected and united one, one with each other. In other words, till you each when you've only written three hundred thousand minus one letter, it's not a sefer Once you've finished that last letter, boom, the whole sefer becomes sefer But now each letter, before each letter was just a letter. They weren't a they weren't a letter in the sefer yet. Once sefer is finished, now there is a sefer Each letter now becomes letter sefer Oh. But don't think that it loses its importance as an individual. On the contrary, now it gets importance as an individual letter. Before the Sefer is complete, if two letters run into each other, it doesn't, doesn't bother anybody. Because it didn't change the status. It's not a Sefer Once it's a Sefer now, if two letters join, no, 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 no problem. Once it's a Sefer each letter also now gets its individual importance as a letter of a Sefer But it has to stay. You get the beauty. And this is the teaching, and this is the Nesinaskech, the power that Hashem gives that we can take from these parts of Ayakab Kudhe in order to enhance and to give us Zrizos and to join all the people of Israel, including also in something that's time, uh, timely and relevant because the Rebbe was talking about it in those years in um, 1982, 1980, 1982, and the fact that every Yid is going to connect himself and going to buy a letter in one of the general Sefer Tehras, which are being written now to join all Jews together. And through this, there becomes the Shlemus. When you are part of a collective Sefer Tehras, there also becomes a wholesomeness to every individual as an individual. We reveal, says Megale, this reveals his connection with the Tehras. And being in the Tehras through his individual letter, and on the one hand, he has an individual letter. On the other hand, he's part of the cloud, the kohel, the cloud. So there becomes a, a, a unification with all of the Yidin through the Torah, which is eternal, an eternal binding up together. And through this, we're the Maher, the Mezares, we bring faster the Geula, Amitz Vashlema, the true redemption, which will be a Geula Prat. It's going to be an individual redemption. So it says Hashem is going to take the Lashen uh, is... Uh, Hashem takes each each person by the hand 
as it says, the Navi says, Va'atem echad You will be gathered in one by one of the Bnei Yisrael. But together with that individualized Prat, Hashem takes each and every Jew out of, out of Golos. Then there'll be also, this will comprise a, some, a, a, a klal, a kol godli yeshuvahedo, that one big congregation will re- return here speedily in our days. It comprises the, the klal. Thank you.